All right, man. This is this is the deal. Getting ready to start the seeds for the garden for this summer. And I'm going to go ahead and let you know that uh, I've lived and learned about gardening. And what I've done is I'm going to stagger the planting by a week or so on each seedling for different varieties of stuff so that I can hopefully get an extended harvest, which would be pretty... Uh, pretty awesome I think and some of the things that I'm going to be growing this year I got some uh, beans I got beets I got um, and I try to get try to stay with bush style stuff because I don't want to grow too high vertically or because I've done that before and I've had a hard time harvesting the stuff but I'm also going to be doing a little zucchini a little radish little broccoli rab, um, some romaine, got some bell pepper seeds, what else, uh, some peas, I got, I got this pack of, uh, mixed peppers, hot peppers as well, and, uh, yeah, and then on, later on, I'm gonna go ahead and start winter cabbage, and, uh, I got some delicata winter squash, that I'll probably be starting, uh, probably a month or so after these, or longer, because they're only like a hundred days to harvest, and I want to harvest them like you know, more more like late September, October. So yeah, man. If you haven't uh, got your seedlings going, you might want to go ahead and uh, find yourself some. Uh, some already started plants to get your garden going, man. And I'll tell you what, if you can do that, you can do anything. Langism. everybody welcome back to the langisms podcast and i'm lang in case you didn't know and this is my podcast where i talk about all kinds of stuff you know things that are piquing my attention at the moment or things that have flown through my brain waves over and over again and have simmered and percolated and fermented or I might just want to talk to somebody about something they're interested in. You never know what's going to happen. 
On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and talk to you a little bit about uh, my experience with growing my own food and the processes I've gone through and what I'm doing now, what I'm getting ready to grow and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So I think uh, it'll be totally worth your while. And if anybody ever has any questions about anything on here, feel free to maybe mosey on over to the blog and leave a comment or send me an email at awakemindjourney.com. And the blog is langisms.blogspot.com. So, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the quote of the podcast. Goes a little a little something like this. The greatest fine art of the future will be the making of a comfortable living from a small piece of land. And that quote is by somebody that you guys might know. His name is Abraham Lincoln, you know it. So uh, go ahead and digest that piece of uh, piece of verbiage there, and we'll go ahead and get the podcast rolling. And everybody, uh, buckle up and enjoy. All right, everybody, gonna get this thing going. Um. So, once upon a time, Lang said, let there be a vegetable garden. And there was a vegetable garden. And it was good. Until it got out of control and totally took over my life. And I had to succumb to the inevitable inevitable truth that I was just way too uh gung-ho <laughs> with it you know so um yeah i had to learn quite a bit there was a it started uh probably actually shortly after i met bob because we have a a really big backyard and bob was like yeah man if you want to you want to plant a garden you do it and i was like all right so i rototilled quite a bit of uh stuff in the backyard and i actually had uh rows of stuff and i had probably uh, i want to say i had at least 20 rows of vegetables going <laughs> um i had a row of corn i had a row of like squash which that was a mistake because if you've ne- ever grown squash you totally know that it it'll just grow like crazy right I had squash. I had so much squash, and I made the mistake of planting yellow squash and zucchini. So let me tell you, if you've ever had to live off zucchini bread <laughs> for a few months, you you totally rethink uh, stuff. Um, but where I'm going with this is that I I realized after that first year of gardening that it is totally possible to supply yourself with food. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, you know, I like milk and eggs and all this stuff, and that's great, and you can still go buy that. 
But if you can grow food like fresh vegetables, you've really increased your uh, your happiness, I think. Because you're not going to have to worry about buying vegetables. You're not going to have to worry about how that vegetable is grown. You're not going to have to worry about any of that. And you're in control of it. You know? Which is really cool. And then if you can learn how to do preserving and stuff, which I have a friend, Scott Parrish. He's a he's a preserver. So he, he I know he grows a bunch of stuff and he, he preserves a lot in the in the fall for the winter and stuff. So it's not like yeah, you hit a certain point and then the garden just isn't gonna feed you anymore. If you if you plan things right, develop a root cellar, you know, for potatoes and hardy winter vegetables that hold a long time, you can store that stuff that way or like you can preserve it. So what did I learn from that first year of gardening? And what have I learned? since then well i no longer have rows upon rows of vegetables that was just too much my knees my knees wouldn't handle it now anyway and back then crawling around on the between the rows weeding and doing a lot of the stuff really was like a lot of work <clears throat> fortunately i was blowing glass at the time full time and i could sit there and take my take my lunch and go out there and work and on breaks and stuff from blowing glass, I could do, you know, little bits of weeding here and there. And that helped, but still, it was like, it was way too much. I needed to figure out how to condense the stuff down and make it easier, not just to take care of and stuff, but to harvest. Because I realized after that first year, you know, like I said with the pole beans, man, if you grow pole beans too high, it can be a pain in the butt trying to harvest them. <coughs> And sometimes pole beans will grow. Like, you know, the Jolly Green Giant story didn't just come out of nowhere, you know? Fee-fi-fo-fum, right? Because, you know, green beans will just take off. So now I have uh, I have two raised beds. And I would say that, you know... They're a little bit long. They're a little bit longer than like a normal size like bed for your house, and but they're about as wide as a twin size, maybe a little wider. And I elevated them up higher than a lot of normal people do because I didn't feel like bending over very much at all. So they're actually like double high. And then what I did was uh, we put PVC pipe on the sides, so you could actually take another PVC pipe. PVC pipe and bend it and put it in there and then drape a greenhouse over it if you want or any other kind of a protective cloth if you're growing broccoli or anything that is subject to pests infesting it you can drape that kind of cloth over there <coughs> um, and then on uh, the, one, the one the one bed I actually took a headboard and mounted it on the side to to act as a trellis to let runners go up for uh, beans and, and stuff like that. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. So from where I started like 13 years ago to where I am now is a big difference. And even after I built those beds, I, I went through periods of, uh, I'm still going through periods of trial and error. I mean, the one couple years ago, um, I got a little overzealous with planting tomatoes and we had so many tomatoes and we had so much tomato sauce and stuff that it was, it was just insane. I didn't want to look at a tomato 
for a while after that. <coughs> Excuse me. So, where are you going with this, Lang? Well, I mean, yeah, that's great and everything. Um, so, what, where I'm going with this is I want to talk about the steps that you can take or that I took to start growing my own food. And it doesn't have to be a giant garden. You can start with one plant. And you might want to choose something that that's super easy to take care of, you know. Tomatoes are always a good plant to start with. You can put them in a pot, grow them anywhere. You can get those little suspended things and grow them out of that, although I'm not really sure like what that does to the root system. But anyway, you can do that um, and just do it. And then you can figure out, well, I really like that tomato. I'm going to grow that again. Or you might want to try a different tomato next time and grow that. Herbs, really great starting thing to do. That's something you can use almost on a daily basis, you know, and you don't you can plant multiple varieties of stuff. Figure out what you like with herbs as well. <clears throat> I will say with certain herbs, excuse me, my throat is like really scratchy. <clears throat> with certain herbs, um, you gotta be careful because like I planted thyme before and it's like a weed. And it, it spread, you know. So just be careful with that. And I recommend uh, just getting a little herb thing that maybe you could keep in your kitchen. And I know they sell, like, little tiny ones that are you can plug in has a light in it and grows, like, year-round. Maybe try that, man. That way you can have herbs year-round, which would be totally awesome to have. And it's really cool if you can have herbs in the ground. It's not like you're going to cut off a bunch and then you got that bunch and you might use some of it and then the rest of it goes bad. Yeah, so you could just clip out what you need, and it'll keep growing. So, yeah, just figure out what kind of plant you want to grow. I mean, you might want something spicy. You might want to try growing peppers, you know? Although I will be a little bit bit of a warning for you guys up here in the Northwest. If you're growing peppers, they're, they're a little bit finicky up here. And I've had good years, and I've had bad years. Last year was probably the best year I've had with spicy peppers. I had some Thai chili pepper plants that basically put out enough uh, chili pods that I was able to, to, you know, dry some out and storm for later use. That was the first time I've ever had really a lot of peppers, hot peppers come out of a plant. So you can try peppers. I mean, it, it all depends. I wouldn't try like lettuce or anything right away if you've never grown stuff. Or if you want to try like a zucchini plant, if you have room because they kind of spread out a little bit. Do that because that's really low maintenance, man. And you can eat the blossoms and then you can eat the squash. So if you have one that's pumping out a bunch of flowers and you don't want that much zucchini coming at you at once or squash, just go ahead and pick off those blossoms and, I don't know, shove, shove some cream cheese and orange zest in there. And then, I don't know, dip them in tempura batter and fry it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so just try something. Just try anything, and I think you'll find that if you grow something and then you cook it and you eat it, you'll appreciate it way, way more than going to the store and buying something from Paraguay or, you know, New Zealand. I see freaking asparagus from New Zealand. I'm like, really? 
I'm pretty sure we can grow that here. And if you're not really sure about what you want to grow right away, you know, that's okay. You can go uh, check out the farmer's market and ask them about things and how things grow and if it's a good variety to maybe try at home. You know, farmers are really willing to talk to people at the farmer's market about their produce and how to grow things. You know, they're not going to sit there and hide from you any kind of like major industry secrets. I mean, you plant something, you take care of it and it grows. So I recommend giving that a try. And on that thought, I'm going to go ahead and take a short break and we'll come back and discuss some more of my trials and tribulations in the vegetable garden. But uh, go ahead and enjoy this commercial break from uh, my sponsors. This episode of the Langisms Podcast is brought to you by the human ego. Whatever the occasion, remember, you deserve more than everyone else. And greed. Keeping the enslavement of humanity not only efficient, but profitable. Greed. Get some. All right, everybody, I'm back. I hope you all enjoyed that tasty, tasty, delicious advertisement. I know I did. I enjoyed it so much that it caused me to somehow time travel from the first segment. And we are now like a little over a week later. And uh, the seeds and stuff that I've planted and stuff are doing pretty good, man. I must say. I'm getting ready to put the greenhouse up so that they can eventually move outside. And start to adapt to a different environment. Alright, so I kind of told you guys about uh, when I started growing vegetables and all that. And uh, why did I start doing it? You know, just to... uh, I wanted to learn about growing food more. And... I, I... I also had to like go through a process and this is like, especially after the, uh, the initial farm field I had out in the backyard, I had to go, you know, when I decided I was ready to attempt it again after being knocked down from that and, uh, humbled, so to speak, uh, I had to decide, you know, where I was going to put it and I needed to decide, I had to decide how much space that I was willing to devote to growing vegetables. So that's that's what I recommend you want you should do when you first when you first start thinking about it, you should look at what space you have available and then determine your next step, okay? So I determined a spot in the yard where I wanted to put the beds and then what I did is I went online and I started looking at different designs for raised beds. And it, let, let's say you're not going to be able to do that. You might want to look at, at, at different options like uh, growing in pots or growing in a tiered trellis kind of system with different uh, like uh, like garden boxes, more like a garden box on a trellis. You can do that if you have a very small outdoor space. 
That way you can like go upwards with stuff. You're going to be very limited on how much you can grow, but you can grow select things in that. You know? I mean, I, I saw a really good uh, design for a pot where you take two similar plastic pots, you cut you cut strips out of each of them, like three or four strips, you know. And I, I don't believe you let them go all the way down. You keep them a couple inches up and you cut these strips out and you keep them from all, you know, you don't want them all the way to the top, otherwise they'll be flopping around. And then you insert one in the other and you fill it with soil and you 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 layer in uh, potatoes as you put the soil in. And then after a while, what you do is you just rotate the pot and it exposes the dirt and the soil and you can just reach in and pull potatoes out. I mean, that's pretty, pretty, pretty cool idea. And I'm sure, uh, you, you know, you could do that in a small space and have potatoes because potatoes are delicious. Um, there's, there's all kinds of ways. You just got to go online and look. But let's say you don't even have that. Let's say you're in an apartment where you don't even have a balcony or anything where you can do any of that. What can you do? Well, if you save up some money, you can invest in, you know, buying an indoor growth system. And they make make them out there where they're they're self-contained. They they run themselves. You just put in, you know, grow nutrients into it and keep it watered, you know. And a lot of them have like little timers and some of them even have apps for your phone where you can monitor it all with. And you can get those fairly cheap. And if not, you know, you could just go out and buy grow light corner, set up a corner of the house and I don't know, put a tomato plant there and grow some tomatoes. And you can always grow herbs in an apartment in the window. Especially if you have like any kind of sun coming through any kind of window. So there are ways. You just got to research it, you know. And if you live in an apartment, a good thing to do would be to go find the community garden, you know. Um, community gardens are a good place. If you, I know in Seattle, there's tons of community gardens, little community gardens everywhere, and some of them have really cool irrigation system set up where they collect rainwater, you know. So I would look into that as well. And if there is no community gardens or any of that stuff around, maybe you might want to try to start one. You know? That might be a kind of cool project for people to start starting community gardens. I mean, if you can find a, a piece of land that somebody's willing to donate or if the city's willing to donate a piece of land for you to start a community garden and you can like get some volunteers together to clean up the space and beautify it and do all that, a lot of times the city's willing to do that. They're willing to let you beautify a space and make it really nice for everybody to utilize than just let it sit there and be trashed and abandoned and overgrown by weeds. So there are ways. Or you could maybe, if your neighbor's growing and you know they grow, I wouldn't, you know, if somebody came and asked me, said, hey, man, can I put a raised bed in your backyard and come over and grow stuff in it? I'd be like, hells yeah. You know, maybe we could start a little co-op when I'm not around. If you're going to be around, could you water my stuff? That'd be great. 
you know, because believe it or not, I'm not home all the time. Sometimes we go away, and sometimes our house sitter just, I don't know, she just doesn't love the garden like I do, if you know what I mean. Um, another thing that I, I, I thought was really cool, and this is by no means, I'm not telling anybody to go out and buy this thing because it's kind of pricey. Uh, but if you have any kind of land or if you have a space where you can put like a shipping container, there's uh, places out there. There's these companies out there that have converted them into these giant growing systems that are all self-contained indoor and computerized. And you can grow. I, I'm pretty sure it's limited, like you're not going to grow corn maybe in it. But you can grow like lettuce and greens and herbs and other, you know, light vegetables that you can grow vertically um, that aren't going to take up a lot of root space, I believe. So carrots might you might have to look into that. I'm not sure. But OK, these things, one of the ones I saw that I really thought was cool is called a crop box. And um, there was one point in time where I was actually talking with somebody and they were talking to me about investing in one and I was like wow man that'd be really really cool uh, especially if you live in an area where it's urban there's not a lot of open space there's not a lot of vacant land because we all know downtown's land is expensive and they're not really likely to give that up that easy um, so if you have like property like I could put like probably three of these in my backyard and just grow vegetables for like all the restaurants around or I could grow it there and then just go to a farmer's market and the cool thing about this is it's year-round it's all indoor you know it's temperature regulated and just like all this really amazing stuff so uh, I'll put that link on the uh, blog and you should check that out. I, I think it would be a cool thing. Like if you had a, like, a, like if I had a, a a house that had a roof that was flat that had like access to it, you could put one up there. That would be really cool. You could just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go upstairs and get lettuce and herbs and some collard greens for dinner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'd be pretty bombed on. Uh, another thing that you can grow at home that um, I know not a lot of people are getting down, don't get down on. And when I first experienced uh, these, I was horrified, but I was really young. But you can grow these on your kitchen counter, no problem. And they're sprouts, all right? And all you really need is a jar or a container. And if you have a jar, you can uh, buy special lids that are perforated holes that you can put in that keep the sprouts in there, let air in, but keep stuff out. Or you can just buy cheesecloth and put it over a container, right? And these are pretty easy. You just have to remind yourself twice a day to water your sprouts and drain them. That's it. And... um. I put some sprouts in a jar probably two days ago, and they're already sprouting and stuff, and they've already increased like double in volume from just the seeds. 
and uh, you can find seeds at the local grocery store. Uh, I go to uh, where did I go? I just went over here to the the co op and stuff. They had sprout seeds, or you can just buy radish sprouts and do that. Um, but I recommend finding seeds that are actually made for sprouts because they test them for like you know e coli and salmonella and like all that stuff they they lab test the batches before they ship them out um otherwise you're gonna have to try to sterilize the seeds and stuff and you know i'd rather not have to worry about that i'd rather just have somebody say hey this is pretty certified i'm you shouldn't have to worry about it i mean Again, with sprouts, I'm going to give you this disclaimer. Sprouts aren't for everyone to consume. If you're a mother or nursing, if you're a child under 10, I would say. Um, If you're over the age of 60, 65 you might want to think about not eating sprouts because you have a different kind of immune system. Oh yeah. And people with a compromised immune systems or immunodeficiency diseases, they can't eat sprouts either because there's a risk that they could get an infection or, you know, contract something from like salmonella or E. coli. And that's no bueno, if you know what I mean. So, as long as you, you know, fall in that category, I would say go ahead and try the sprouts because they're super nutritious and you can just grow them right there on your counter. And there's, you know, I have a sandwich blend going right now and I plan on making some some more bread in the bread machine and then I'm going to, I'm thinking I'm going to go out and get a some portobello or like some pepper or maybe I'll get a... Maybe I'll get like an Anaheim chili and stuff that with like a mushroom vegetable mix and make a sandwich out of that chili and put that like on a, you know, between two slices of nice delicious bread with a bunch of sprouts on it and tomatoes and some avocado, maybe a little uh, hummus spread on that mama. Yeah. And when I make that delicious sandwich, I will try to remember to take a picture and post it on the blog. So, you know, if you're growing stuff, you're going to have to figure out what to do with it. Right? What can you do with it? Well, certain vegetables are good for storage in dark, cool places. Root vegetables, stuff like that. Um, if you're going to have like a lot of squash coming in, you're probably going to have to either make zucchini bread and freeze it or give it away. Or maybe you could make a zucchini soup puree style or cream and then uh, maybe uh, freeze it. Or actually... Uh, depending on if you grow any squash, if you have a lot of squash, you can cook the squash up and then uh, go ahead and uh, put that in in the freezer in little packs 
and then pull it out and you'll have squash puree to add to stuff anytime. Um, what else? Tomatoes, you can always make tomato sauce. That's a good idea. Canned tomato sauce is a good idea. And you can even freeze tomato sauce or tomato puree. Make sure you save any like onion scraps and carrot scraps and stuff. You can always make vegetable stock with that, and that freezes. You can put that in the ice cube trays and freeze it if you want. Or um, what I like to do is I'll put it into uh, something thin and flat, like a not really a sheet pan. It's what we call a hotel pan in the restaurant industry, and it's kind of like a deep baking dish, you could say. And uh, something that you can put in the freezer and freeze and then freeze it. And then you can just break it up into pieces and put it in another container and then just pull out chunks as you need it for throwing into uh, vegetable sautés to, you know, deglaze the pan with. Or if you're going to make a soup, you can pull some out and put it in a soup or just, you know, anything. You can put it in anything. Also, pickling is a really good way to preserve your vegetables that you've worked hard on growing. Um, especially like hearty vegetables like green beans or if you ever grow asparagus that's good to pickle or beets are good to pickle um, carrots uh, you can put into a pickle and you don't even have to be really that savvy at boiling and and measuring all that stuff out if you have a teaspoon and stuff and you can measure out salt you can naturally ferment your vegetables and just a note on fermentation, it's something I've gotten into over the last couple of years. When you ferment something, it's different than just pickling it. When you ferment it, the bacteria, that's good for you actually, so don't get freaked out. The bacteria act on the vegetables and break down different cellular structures that normally we don't break down when we chew them up and then digest them. <clears throat> so this makes nutrients more available from vegetables, which is a good thing, right? Another note on fermentation, just so you know, if you keep it in the refrigerator, it'll just keep fermenting. Okay, it's going to keep breaking down, and you might think it's getting bad, but it's not. I mean, think about what Tabasco is. That's basically fermented chili peppers that's that have broken down into a liquid. Because that's what happens when uh, the bacteria act on it. It makes it tangy, sour, kind of vinegary. So a lot of people might confuse... Uh, Fermented pickles for actually pickled pickles. And if you can ever, if you ever get a chance to pick up some uh, naturally fermented unpasteurized pickles, usually if you have a natural section at your store, they'll be in the refrigerator. I recommend buying it. And then you'll see like this like cloudy, thick substance at the bottom of the jar. And that's the bacteria 
that are have fermented in the pickles and they're kind of uh they've fallen asleep and sunk to the bottom of the jar a little bit. I mean, they're still kind of active, but not like active if, as they would be if they were at room temperature. And I believe if you go to my blog, again, the blog is a wealth a wealth of food information that I'm trying to accumulate and put on there for you. You'll see a basic salsa starter, naturally fermented, that you can add to diced tomatoes to make delicious salsa with. So I just utilized not only the onions and stuff, hearty root vegetables that go into salsa, like peppers and stuff and onions and naturally fermented those, but I've also utilized the tomatoes that I've grown in my garden as well. And uh, you can always take salsa, even though I don't recommend killing the fermentation because that's good for your stomach. Um, you can always take the salsa that you make and uh, jar it. And that'll preserve it. It'll kill off all the good bacteria that were fermenting those uh, onions and peppers. But you can hold it for longer. Although it that those bacteria will also start to ferment the uh, tomato as well. And if you let that go, you'll have like a, a sauce. Spicy tomato sauce, basically. Uh, what else? What else can we talk about this? And I don't think there's really anything we can talk about, you know? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take a commercial break. And then I'll come back with my announcements and we'll tie up this podcast, people. So uh, I'm not sure what uh, commercial's coming up, but I'm sure it'll totally stimulate those neurons in your brain. This portion of the Langisms podcast is brought to you by me, Lang, and my website, langstevens.net. So why don't you mosey on over there and check it out without the fear of me hacking your brain. Well, that was very informative, everybody. I hope you really enjoyed that commercial from my sponsor, LangStevens.net. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, start uh, wrapping this podcast up and do the announcements and everything. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off. And I haven't, I think I forgot to do this the last episode, um, the weigh-in. Um, if you if you guys were list, have been listening, you know that I've been kind of tracking my weight loss. I started last year um, at 315, 315 pounds, that is. I've recently uh, dropped down to 237 was the last weigh-in. And uh, I was having some struggles. Um, I felt like I was bouncing between 237 and 242 there for a few weeks. And um, 
I had a period where I had inflammation and my feet swell up again. The tendonitis came back with a vengeance in my right foot and I could barely walk. And uh, I was like uh, in my boot again for a week and not at the gym and um, all kinds of stuff. And it was like, well, I'm probably thinking, well, what happened, Lang? I mean, come on, bro. What What's the deal? Well, I am human, right? And I think you remember talking to me about delicious key lime pie, right? Well, just like any kind of uh, substance that pokes at inbred uh, genetic traits in you, sugar does that, fat, I probably uh, ate some ice cream a couple days later and ingested a little more sugar and bad stuff. Well... I really contribute that to the flare-up I, I went through, right? Because dairy causes infl- inflammation, in case you weren't wondering, you know. And I'm not just talking about in your uh, your bowels or your intestines, digestive tract. I'm talking about in the rest of your body because, believe it or not, when you eat stuff, it uh, gets transported. It gets broken down and transported in your bloodstream to the tissues throughout your body. And I believe that's what happened, and it caused inflammation, which causes a restriction, restricting of the nerve impulses in my feet and stuff, which, in case you're wondering, is not pleasant. <laughs> right? So, having said that, I've cut the dairy back out. No more sugar, no more artificial sweeteners, nothing. I'm cutting it out. I'm done with it. Water delicious i still enjoy my uh, cup of coffee in the morning but uh, and some kombucha delicious but uh i'm back on the wagon back at the gym and i weighed myself so the official weigh in for this podcast is 235 thank you Thank you, everybody. Please, please, please. No, please sit down. Sit down. So, yeah, I'm back down to 235 for the first time since I was 35 years old, 11 years ago. And before that, I would probably say high school or maybe after after the Navy. But I was really way down when I got out of the Navy. So, yeah, it's pretty good. And then a cherry on the top of that was that... uh. Bob gave me some of his old jeans that he doesn't fit into, which were size 38. Yes, that's right, 38. I'm under the 4.0 mark now, people. I fit into size 38 jeans, and the crowd goes wild. Oh, my goodness. So, I like seeing results like that. I like feeling good when I put clothes on, and they actually fit better. I look better. I don't look all baggy and hobo-y and stuff. And you can actually tell that I'm losing weight now because I'm in thinner clothes and they're more form-fitting and makes me feel good. So that's a good thing. So don't worry if you're still struggling, man. Just just realize that I struggle too. I have issues too. And I understand you. All right? I feel you. You know what I'm saying? And now, I would like to go ahead and uh, 
talk to you guys a little bit about something that's been bothering me. And uh, I'm going to have to direct this right at you. Because I know people are listening. And I know I've talked about this before. And I know that I haven't, uh, it hasn't been very fruitful. Okay. So I'm really curious as if you guys are feeling okay. Um, do you have an inner ear affection and you can't hear? Because I'm pretty sure that I've been asking for your questions, comments, and anything really that you want to send me. So if you can't hear me, I can only assume that you either, A, are on a computer and don't have email, B, your fingers are totally broken and you can't type and you're just being subject to this podcast by some very cruel caregiver, or C, you just listen to what I say and think I'm full of it and that I don't really mean it. Well, I'm here to tell you that I do. I really want to hear from you guys about this podcast or any other podcast or maybe not even my podcast, somebody else's podcast, or maybe not even a podcast. You can talk to me about anything. So send your questions, comments, theories, pictures, recipes, poems, artwork, music. Don't forget an audio clip of your favorite ism that I can manipulate into my intro music and maybe even use however I see fit. You know, we can really uh, work together on this and it would be really not just for me. I mean, yeah, it is for me. I want to talk to people and I want to hear what you guys are thinking, what you think about this, right? So go ahead and uh, send all that stuff to awakemindjourney at gmail.com. And if that is really, really much too difficult, go to my website, langstevens.net. And if you look around the website, you should find a contact tab you can click on, which will bring up the little email thingamajig that you can fill out and send an email off to me. And that works because I tested it, and it works. And if that is too much, and you don't really want to spend the time doing an email and writing a subject line and signing, putting a signature, and blah, 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 well, you know, you can go to the blog, langisms.blogspot.com, and there's a little comment thing at the bottom of each entry. You can comment on that, man. That'd be a good way, too. And then that way, you don't have to fear me using the email you sent me as a way to track you down to the far reaches of the earth and buy you a drink. You don't have to worry about that. It ain't going to happen. All right. Which brings me to my next topic I want to just touch on real quick is uh, I've kind of uh, detached from Facebook, if you guys haven't noticed. And uh, I have a I have a page there. It's Lang's World on Facebook. 
I'm hoping that uh, I have some moderators that might want to help me out since I haven't had a lot of time to do the Facebook and have actually been trying to avoid it. So if anybody's interested in that, you can let me know. I'm also on Twitter, but I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, have to put that one to rest, man. You know, because it's not, nobody follows me on there, and all I do is I post uh, the blog and the uh, the podcast links on it. So maybe I'll to get rid of that, you know. I guess I'm going through a period where I'm just trying to figure out what's really relevant and is important to me and enhances my life in some aspect. All right. Which uh, makes me wonder if anybody has any ideas about uh, selling my glass. Because I've been looking at Etsy and eBay and uh, what is it, Pantheon and stuff like that. And while it's great and stuff, I don't feel like having to deal with it, you know? It's just one more thing to deal with. So I'm actually thinking maybe of just posting pictures on my website with like item numbers that you can sit there and email me and we can do a transaction and pay through PayPal or whatever and I'll send it off to you. And then that way I don't have to worry about anybody wanting to advertise anything that doesn't have to do with anything because I'm really over advertising in case you haven't noticed. And, uh, yeah. So, I think that's going to be about it, people. Just... Send me a, hey, Lang, I'm listening, all right? And I'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, all right? Something. People, come on, help me. Okay? And that's going to probably do it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, Remember, eat some food, grow some food, uh, learn about it, connect with it, understand it more. And uh, just don't accept and eat just what some corporation wants to feed you. All right. And uh, ultimately, everybody, this is a good way to lead into the aspect of, you know, what I always tell you to do. And that's learn to love yourself. Right. Learn to love yourself, people, because that is the very best place to start. All right. I'm out of here. Peace.